All right. So it's an honor to be here with you this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking about anchoring peace. I had this message on my heart a few weeks ago, and Mike asked me if I would share, and I, I thought, you know, there's, at that time, you know, we were still obviously coming out of COVID stuff, but there wasn't a whole lot going on in the world a few weeks ago. And I was like, peace, I don't know, Lord, like that feels a little dry to me. And then as things started unfolding in the last few weeks, I realized, oh, Lord, I need more peace. <laughs> and whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, whatever's going on in your life, there is something about this anchoring peace that Jesus has for us, that we would be anchored to him, connected with him through our storms of life. Peace is a person. Jesus is our anchor. And I want to, if you guys, if you would show up, pull up that first picture there. Welcome to my house. This is a picture that's uh, in my house. Uh, yeah, it's like a clay thing. And um, I took the picture, and then in my photo app, I did some special effects to kind of white out so you couldn't see my kids' fingerprints on the wall. It seemed easier than actually washing the wall. I don't know why that worked out. But uh, so uh, it worked. I kept, as I've, as I've been thinking about this message, I keep seeing this, this thing that's on my wall in my, in my heart. I see it in my heart. And this verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. There's something about almost a mental kind of decision. I'm going to allow myself to, my mind to be renewed by him. I'm going to trust in him. And sometimes it's hard when it gets into some of the places of our emotions, some of the challenges of the day that are really in front of us, maybe certain people or job situations, whatever the circumstances that finances, whatever it is that's, that's going on, sometimes situations can come like a storm, and really challenge our faith. I have a few pictures, a few more pictures I just want to show you uh, before we really go into the message here. And uh, the, I, I forget, I, this is one that I've showed to my, to my Wednesday class, and to, um, and to uh, Kesom, and I just, I just love this picture. I think it's so hilarious. Like, it's so funny. I was lonely until I glued a cup of coffee on the top of my car. Now everybody waves at me. And uh, there's something, you know, it's, it's, it's a loose connection. I just love this picture. And uh, <clears throat> my therapist told me the way to achieve true inner peace is to finish what I start. So far, I've finished two bags of M&M's. And a chocolate cake. I feel better already. There's something about, you know, uh, trying to meet it in our own way. And then there's uh, one more here. This is total chaos. What the heck? Like, how do you do that? Like, you put those three in a bowl? And that's, that's like mass chaos on a level that just tweaks your brain, you know? It just does not work. <clears throat> 
we go through challenging stuff. We go through chaotic times. And uh, we need Jesus to just kind of sort through the candy, you know, just sort through it. And we're going to be looking at a handful of things here. Uh, let's see, Hebrews 6, 19 through 20. And it says this. It says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. We also see that peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. So in line with all those other good things that happen with, when we have the Spirit of God working on the inside of us, transforming us, remembering that, oh yeah, his main goal is not our comfort. He is the comforter, but his main goal is that we would be transformed, that we would become more like him because it's the best thing for us. And one of the ways that that looks, looks like is, you know, through these nine fruits, one of them is peace. That peace would be a part of uh, our lives and, and coming out of our lives. So, in our first um, step here, I decided to go with the alliteration. I don't know if you like the, the P's there, but uh, practice looking for Jesus. Just taking out time, one of the ways that we can anchor to Jesus, one of the ways that we can anchor in our peace with, in our, to really sec- find that security is practicing looking for him, looking for him in the present moments. Looking for him in the present situation, the, the, the things that are going on throughout this, this moment, the, the rest of the day. Looking for him when we're uh, with our kids, when we're with our friends, when we're at our jobs, when we're with parents. That we're looking for, okay, Jesus, what are you doing? Psalm 4.8 says, In peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord. Make me dwell safely. Sleep is one of the signs that we see for this kind of security that we can find in peace. Mark 24, sorry, Mark 4, 35. We're going to take a moment and, and camp out in this passage here for a little bit. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Now, whenever Jesus invites me to go over to the other side of something, it, sometimes it makes me nervous. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you see, the thing is, the Sea of Galilee, I was doing some research, and the Sea of Galilee, one of the things that first-time people, the first-time visitors find unusual is that anywhere on the Sea of Galilee, on, one of the, on the shore, you can see the whole rest of the shore around you. You can see the other side. And sometimes the Lord will invite us into situations where it's like, oh yeah, I can see that. I'm good to go. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, I'll get in the boat with you. Let's go. Yeah, you with me? Like sometimes there's those kinds of situations. You're like, oh, I'm so good. All right. Jesus is just coming out of this passage of having preached to... uh, you know, preached to uh, the, all those classic kind of parable messages 
And he talks about how he, how he speaks in parables and, you know, so that we will dig out those parts and find out more of what he really has for us. Well, he's just with this crowd and he's like, hey guys, let's go on a sailing trip. Let's, he needed to rest. And so Jesus is like, hey, let's depart from the crowd. That's the context of what's going on here. Um, so, uh, let's see. One of the crazy things is that we see too, is that this is, it says it's when evening came. It's the end of the day. It's, it's dark. It's right at that spot of being dark. And if you know where he's going, it makes it even creepier. <laughs> that it gets, he's like, hey, let's go for a sailing trip. And it takes about somewhere between an hour and two hours to cross the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is 12 miles in one direction and about eight miles in another direction. And they, they estimate that it took probably, probably almost a couple of hours, somewhere, maybe an hour and a half, two hours in there. And so by the time they get to the other side, it's going to be pretty dark. But, hey, I can see this, the other side. Let's go, Jesus. What is it that you have on my heart to go after this dream? This, this thing? I want to go after that with you. I can see it. Let's go, Lord. So, uh, verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. They took Jesus. Oh, that's, a, that's always a good first step. Taking Jesus along in your boat. Just as he was, uh, it says, just as he was in the boat, there were, were also other boats with him. Now, I always kind of forget this part, that there were other boats that were there. But I think, man, knowing what's coming, like when you start off, oh, yeah, sure, I'll, I'm good. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll hop in one of the other boats. But knowing what's coming, I would really want to be in the boat that Jesus is in. <clears throat> so a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? When I first read this, I think, Oh, silly disciples. Don't they know who's in the boat with them? Oh, it's Jesus. I already know how this story ends. Sometimes it's a new thing. It's, it's a difficult thing sometimes when, we've, when we hear stories again and again, the same stories again. Oh, wait, how, Jesus, help me look at it with fresh eyes. How does this apply to my life? Because then I start looking at it, you know, a little introspective and I think, oh, man, how many times have I shouted that out to him? Don't you care? Look at what's going on, Lord. Don't you care about this? Don't you care about the pandemic or the war in the Ukraine? What are you going to do? God, this thing is way too big for me right now. It's massive. And I can't do it. There's no, oh my gosh. And you, we can get stuck there in this emotional storm that turns us around. And we don't know how to find peace again. But let's go over to the other side with Jesus. 
this place that uh, Jesus was in, you know, in the in the in the stern of the boat. They think it was probably in in the front, and uh, it was probably a, a little elevated section that he could lay on. So maybe the water didn't actually hit him. As I don't know how that works exactly, but the water would have probably been gathering in the other part of the boat first, and. Uh, I don't know. I, some some part of me thinks he was just messing with them. <laughs> uh, you know? Uh, yeah, this will be funny. I mean, the reality is so too is he's 100% God and he's 100% man. And his body literally, you know, this human body, it, it tires out. And so most commentators believe he genuinely was resting. He genuinely needed that space to rest. But somehow, and some commentators say that it's, he rested in this security that he so knows his father's love that he could rest securely through the storm. And I think, man, I, wanna, I want more of that in my life. Jesus, I want more of that. I want to see the storm the same way you do. The storms that I'm supposed to stand up and shout at, I want to stand up with you and shout at. The ones that I'm supposed to sleep through. Lord Jesus, let me just let me sleep with them in your sleep through them in your in the security of your love around me, and the security of remembering the stories of the ways that you've done things in the past, and the ways that you know this first part. If they would have just held on to this first part, where Jesus says, "Let's go over to the other side," and leaned into His words of, "Oh, if they had." Just remembering that part. Oh, we're going to go over to the other side. Oh, that's right. Jesus said, we're going to go over to the other side. So whatever happens to us between here and there, we're going to go over to the other side. It's kind of like what happened, that, that classic story of what happened with David and how he's armed that day with a prophetic word. When he goes down in the valley, remember this scene, this thing. He goes down in the valley to face Goliath, but he's armed with a prophetic word of Samuel anointing him and saying, you're going to be king one day, and he knows that he's not king yet. So he can't, it's, a not, it's not a dying day for him. He is armored with this, he is armed with this word of the Lord over his life. And so he is, we have these things that we are called to. Lord, what promises have you put in my life? What things has he put in your life in the last few seasons? What things has he already been doing? Because he's in your boat. He is in your boat. He is for you, not against you. He is in your boat. And he is so for you. One of the things that I, I recognize, I was up here worshiping, not too, you know, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And for me, one of those, those words was I was up worshiping, not thinking about it at all, except for I'm just, I wasn't thinking about anything except for just worshiping. And I was encountering Jesus, loving, just being with him. And all of a sudden, this, this picture of my dad flashes up in my mind. And uh, it was such a sweet moment because my dad is, you know, he was in heaven a year ago and my dad's whole life, he had this, since he was 20, 
he had this uh, massive surgery that took out this muscle, and he couldn't, uh, he couldn't smile. He'd kind of smile kind of funny, you know? He'd smile like half smile. And in this picture that I saw of my dad, it was my dad's full smile. And I, it was such a, a gift from the Lord because I wasn't thinking about my dad. I wasn't, and I realized, oh my gosh, my dad's in heaven now and he has his full smile. And that's one of the things for me that I look back on this last season. Oh, just by going through the motions of doing worship of just, you know, what is it for you? What are some of the things that he's been saying to you and your boat? Because they're there. A lot of times we get in these habits of, you know, just going along life and we get caught up. We get so focused on the storm that we can't, we forget that he is in the boat. We forget that he actually is doing something. And so in preparing for this, uh, Sermon, I wanted to be more like Jesus, so I practiced taking lots of naps. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it worked. <laughs> but this verse again, this Psalm 4, 8 that's on here, in peace I will lie down and sleep for you alone, Lord, make me dwell in, in safety. Here Jesus has this, this safety, this security. But we want to take a moment and, you know, I think on this thing of, I'm jumping around here just a little bit, but on this thing of, teacher, don't you care? That must have just hit right to the heart of God. Like, here is God who stepped out of heaven into a vulnerable human body and is is giving his life for all humanity. Don't you care, Jesus? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> what? Like, oh my gosh. What is, that is, uh, I just feel like it'd be like, are you serious? But how many times do we say, Jesus, don't you care about my dreams? Don't you care about my kid's situation over here? Don't you care about that person that's going through a difficult health situation right now? And we just have to pause and practice looking for Jesus in our boat. Who is this that's in the boat? Isaiah 9, 6 tells us, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And... Here in Mark 4.39, as we continue on in the story, Jesus got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And my, just in searching some of these things, I, they believe Commentators believe that this is one of the, there could not be a clearer point of showing who God is. Because we look at the way that the Old Testament, the role that the Old Testament took, the sea, sorry, the way, the role that the sea took in the Old Testament, the role that it played, God dividing the seas in Genesis 1, God did that. God that splits the Red Sea, God did that. 
the flood that comes back over the land, God did that through the seas. So the authority over the seas, it was revealing even more who God was. This, who is this that's in the boat? Who is this that's in the boat? Psalm 65, 7, who still the roaring seas, the roaring of their waves and the turmoil of the nations. Where can we find peace? John 16, 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, it says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's such a contradiction to our brain that in him we can have peace and he's also at the same time saying you will have trouble he's equipping us for the storms of life that we would be anchored to him that we would be connected with him that we would be close to him that we would practice remembering who he is and drawing close to him and second thessalonians 3:16 says Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. It was one of Paul's prayers that it would be at all times that we could be connected with peace. And sometimes it just doesn't feel like that. We go through challenges, we go through difficulties, and sometimes the storms of life really do feel a lot bigger. But the prayer here is, The possibility here, the opportunity that we have is to lean into peace at all times that he himself, that God himself would give us. So back to our Mark passage, 441. They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, I thought they were terrified back when the storm was happening. But now they're really scared because all of a sudden they realize this really could be, wait a second, is this the guy that has the authority over the waters that's in my boat? That is terrifying on some level. There is a holy, a very good, healthy fear in there that is, oh my gosh, he is with me. They're terrified. And it's interesting, it says in that verse that they, they asked each other, who is this? <laughs> They're like, oh my gosh, dude, who is this? Like they're talking, you know, that disciple banter talk, dude, who is this? That talk, you know, like, wait, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Know that Jesus is in your boat. Know that Jesus is for you. Know that he's in your boat. The second point we have here is uh, to pray for opportunities to give peace away. Anchoring to peace, we look for opportunities to resonate with other people's hearts when they are in distress, when they're having a difficult time, looking for this Prince of Peace, Jesus Would you guide me in how to 
give this peace away? What, what does it look like for me to give your peace away in this moment? So uh, my son, one of my kids, he loves this Crudes 2 movie. I don't know if you guys have seen it. But there's this scene. It's a terrible scene. <clears throat> there's a guy and he has a stick. And he chucks the chick, stick, sorry. <laughs> Whoo! Chucks the stick. Not even going to go there. Into this chicken's eye. And the chicken is like, blah! And my son Abe was showing me this scene and he's like, Dad! <laughs> he was laughing. I mean, he's like, he's got this belly kid laugh that is so wholehearted and he was so he was having such a good time with this with this scene and he's like no 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 no, dad you got to see the next part and then this guy like does it does the same exact thing to another guy he takes a stick and he chucks it and it hits the guy in the eye and then you realize oh it was just in his imagination he was just seeing it in his imagination because he was so mad at this other guy that he pretended in his imagination that he was chucking the stick at him. Well, it was kind of a buildup from chucking the stick at the chicken to then chucking the stick at this guy's eye. Well, there's a... There's a <laughs> you can connect the Bible with crudes too um, because <laughs> Jesus was doing all this teaching. He gets on the boat and he sets out, and there's this storm, and Jesus tells the storm to be stilled, and for their fears to be stilled, have faith, because, basically because you need to not be afraid, but this is a lab time for them. This is a lab time. This is the, but this isn't the final part of it. This is the setup. This is the chicken getting stuck in the eye. <laughs> for lack of a better metaphor, that's a horrible metaphor for that point. But, um, <laughs> but, but you get the idea. It's a setup for the next thing because they're getting to the other side. Remember, they're on this pursuit of rest. And they have this storm. They get to the other side. What does Mark 5, 1 through 2 tell us? They went across the lake to the re- region of uh, the Gerasenes. I know because I listened to it on the Bible app to make sure I was saying it right. Because I'm like, I, that's one of those ones that I've read a ton of times. I'm going to say it right this Sunday. Listen to the audio Bible. Um, so uh, when Jesus got out of the boat, <laughs> this is his rest. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Ah, oh, so nice. He's got a greeter. But Jesus does that same thing with this guy that he did with you and with me. He looks past all of the the junk and he looks at the person. Mark 5, 3 through 5 says, This man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. 
Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. This guy, you know, it's kind of like the walking dead on another level. Um, Here, he's like really breaking stuff. He's like breaking the chains. And could you imagine if the disciples hadn't gone through that first step of the storm on the way there? What would their response have been like then? They just went through the first part of the lab seeing, oh, oh, wait, this is that guy. This is, this is him. This really is him in the boat with us. Oh, okay. I think I'm all right. Now, they, the disciples get afraid and, and experiences all kinds of other negative emotions, you know, different times, but it doesn't say they were afraid right here. Maybe they were, but the Bible doesn't say they were. There, it just keeps going. And I think part of it is because they just experienced who Jesus really is. They experienced it. They had an encounter. Mark 5, 6 through 7 says, When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. The new King James says that he fell down in worship. This guy, there's a battle going on in him. And the human side of him, I don't know, maybe it's a combination of both. There's worship that's going on. Worship can change things, just like it did in the story that happened with my dad. He shouted at the top of, of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In God's name, don't torture me. Now there's this conflict between the supernatural and this guy. And the supernatural has the same kind of perspective that the disciples just had. Don't you care? It's not a for me type of wording. Don't you care? Oh, don't torture me, God. There's a mindset, a perception of that God is not good all the time. But God is good all of the time. Mark 5, 8 through 9. For Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, What is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And those of you, I know a lot of you have heard this story a lot of times. And Legion is that, that Roman term that means for 6,000. And we know that what's coming up, you know, we've heard the story. Oh, that's 6,000. Well, there's, you know, 2,000 pigs that it goes into. We know that it's thousands. Okay? Now, if, if someone were to say, oh, hey, I've, just for a moment here. If there was, you know, if someone was to say, hey, there's a demon here. I don't know, there's an, a whole army of demons in this person. I mean, the disciples going across the water, don't you think if they knew where they were going, oh, we're going to go confront this army of demons? 
I'd be like, <laughs> I'm all set this one out. I'll hear the stories. I'll benefit from the stories of what you guys hear about, okay? Uh, <clears throat> there is a part, of, a part that's that, but when we really know who's in the boat and we really know how the story goes, there's no fear. There's nothing to be afraid of. And so Jesus again demonstrates that no matter how big the storm, whether it is a massive wave of lightning and thunder and crashing, and I mean, these were fishermen. They've been out on the waves. It's that classic thing that, would, that, that it still happens over, the, over that, um, the Sea of Galilee because the waters are 700 feet below sea level. The hills that are around it are 1,400 feet high. The cold air comes over the top and drops down suddenly and hits the heat, and it creates these sudden storms. There's this sudden storm that happens on the Sea of Galilee, and there's a sudden storm that happens on the shore. This storm, this supernatural storm, But Jesus confronts it. So in this place, just a couple other verses here. Matthew 5, 9. You guys doing good? Okay, good. Matthew 5, 9. Who are the children of God? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are the peacemakers. We are called to bring peace, to give peace away. James 3.18, what do we get from giving peace away? Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. There is something about giving peace away that has a tangible effect in our lives. When we give, and the way the kingdom works, it's just we, you, we give. We give away our fruit. Number three, point three, we pass on the stories. Mark 11 through 20. Or let's start with 10. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send him out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. He gave them permission and the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. A herd about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this. This is one kind of report. In the town and countryside, there's lots of different kinds of reports in the world, yeah? Uh, And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Dude, that part just gets me. This whole section is about, there's so much in here about fear and showing Jesus' authority over nature and over supernatural forces. And here, the people of the town are afraid that he's in his right mind. Like, what's that say about these people? They're afraid of him. They weren't afraid of him when there's thousands of demons in him and he's breaking chains, screaming and cutting himself. What? They're afraid of him when he's in his right mind. 
What can we do with our anxiety? First Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on Him because He cares for you. He is for you, not against you. He cares for you. 2 Corinthians 13, 11, Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Encourage one another. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. This is good stuff. Mark 5.16. Just kind of finishing up in this part here. Uh, Those who had seen it told the people what had happened by the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. It's such a sad, sad thing here. Could you imagine pleading for Jesus to actually leave the region? And again, sometimes, sometimes, it's not what we really want, but sometimes we don't really understand what's going on, that Jesus really is with us and he really is for us. But when we're afraid of him, we don't want him close to us. So we've got to stand on the promises and the truth that he is for us, that he cares for us, and that we can lean into his peace no matter the storm. As Jesus was getting into the boat, verse 18, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell the Decapolis, the group of cities, how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. Sometimes it gets me kind of bummed out like, oh, Jesus said no. He didn't get to go with Jesus. What? But here's the story. He passes on the story of Jesus' great compassion. And all the people were amazed. How many? How many? All All the people were amazed. <laughs> we pass on the stories. We pass on the stories of what God's done with us. And the last one here, we want to prepare with the end in mind. Verse 21, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Large crowd on the same shore that he was on when he left, hungry to be with him goes through a storm, goes to the other side to deliver this guy, and here is a crowd of people that want nothing to do with with him. Jesus, leave our region. And then he shows up again on the shores. I wonder what that full circle cycle, full circle cycle was like for the disciples going along. Gosh, all that rhymed. Um, Full circle cycle with the disciples. (laughs) Woo! Yeah. <clears throat> I studied this stuff maybe a little too much this last week, you guys. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So the full circle cycle with the disciples, they <laughs> see this whole process. They leave the shore of all these, this hunger of the crowd 
to the people that don't want them. The deliverance happens. They come back around to the other side, and here's the hunger again. They're hungry. They're, here's, we want to be people like this. Prepare with the end in mind. We see that the things come full circle. We see that we know how this story ends. In Revelation, we know that Jesus wins in the end. We know that there is goodness for us in the present moment, but we can look on the shores of eternity and see where we're going. The great now and not yet. Jesus is with me in my boat right here, right now in my life, and he does not leave me. But there will be a day when I will cross over those shores when every one of us will cross over those shores and we will have that kind of, it's a totally different perspective. I, I had this one, I work getting close to the end here, but I had this one joke. It says, uh, when life feels overwhelming, remember that you're going to die. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. <laughs> a terrible thing. Uh, but the reality is we the reality is like we're eternal. This is just a shell. We're going to go through storms. We're going to live. We're going to die. Whether we live or whether we die. Whether Jesus, I want to do it with you. I don't want to be like those people on that other shore. I want to be like the people that are hungry for you, hungry to see you move, hungry to see your love break through in my circumstances and remind me of who I am because I can see what you've done in the boat and what you did with that guy and the stories of of the things that you've done in my life. Jesus, I don't want to lose sight of you being in my boat. Why don't you stand with me? And let's just give the Lord another clap. (laughs) (laughs) And worship band, if you guys would come up. And while they're coming up, I just want to say these verses. You know, how does peace protect? Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding. What's that word? Ah, yeah. Will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is God's heart through our chaos? Through whether it's M&Ms or the Reese's, whatever they are. Isaiah, because that's kind of how small they are in some ways. You know, when we have a heavenly perspective, we feel the bigness of them and we realize, oh, wait, there. Okay, Jesus, I can draw close to you. My stuff is actually small. Isaiah 54.10, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace removed, says the Lord, who has compassion on you. I want to invite, uh, actually I want to invite my wife up. We're going to do a ministry time here and we're going to have you over on this side. Uh, but I, particularly for these two areas, if you have anything you want to say on this, but the two areas are, if you're realizing I just need 
some connection with Jesus being in my boat right now, if that's you, you just maybe you feel like you've lost sight and you just need to, that sense of drawing close to him. Or maybe there's, so Jesus in your boat. Second one is, you know, seeing across the shore, sometimes we see something and it gets blocked by the storm and it gets dark. And then we're going to this creepy place with this creepy guy. <laughs> Sorry, you're a little, little off track there. But the, <laughs> the idea is maybe you need to be able to see what's on the other side. Something that you can set sights towards with the Lord. So you have a, a dream or something that you are going after and you just need him with you in it. If that's you, either one of those two, just come up, come up front and you have just... Hello? <laughs> wow. <laughs> so if you are looking for peace in the place that you're in, if you need more of Jesus... And or it just that you're needing to know what's on the other side of the shore. I know it's kind of a metaphor, but that you need that thing that you can just something in, in, in your heart being able to set out for. Come over here onto this side because there's going to be baptism over there. So if we could release the ministry team, pastoral staff, KSOM students, everyone, just come on over. We're going to pray for people because our goal in this place is that people don't leave with the stuff that they came in with that they don't want. We want people to leave refreshed and full of hope and full of joy and knowing that they are not alone. So I hope that really motivates you to come and pray. <laughs> okay. And if yeah, you don't want to be one of those people not praying for people, come on over. I'm going to ask if you would just do a transitional prayer too in just a second. But uh, I do want to say that, you know, so in about 10 minutes, we're going to have, we have time for prayer. But we are going to be doing the baptism. We've got a, a bunch of them today. And baptisms are one of my favorites. One of my favorite things. Would love to have you guys uh, just be a part of all that in a few minutes as we shift into that. The uh, prayer, Lord, lately that the Lord's been putting on my heart. So we're just going to pray this. And um, why don't we just have, if you guys can just put your hands on your heart if you're comfortable with that. This is the prayer the Lord's been having me pray. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing, and thank you for what you're going to do. And so, Lord, in whatever place that we're in, we thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you that we're going to ride out these storms, that it's going to be okay. Thank you. Thank you because we remember what you've already done. We remember what we've already come through. We remember. And thank you for what you're going to do. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. I bless every person in this church, Lord. I bless their days and their weeks, Lord. We bless the rest of it. We thank you that you go before us and your glory is our rear guard. And Lord, we thank you for this is the day that you have made. Amen.